calamity. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And Robin's son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing. This is episode number 15 and I'm Peter Wilco Wilkinson and I'm joined by Braden Martin, but that's not what you want to know about. You want to know who we're joined with this week and we are joined by the lovely Emily Jones. How are you going? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Excited to... No problems. It is our honour and what you were one of those dream picks we put way up here that one day we might get Emily Jones on and a few other people and look, we're episode 15 and we've got you on so thank you very much for agreeing to this. And congratulations on top five on the weekend, biggest, best event, uh, best result in Scops ever. Yeah, thank you. I um yeah, pretty stoked. It was a yeah top five in Scops at Watkins Glen and um, I don't know, it's, it's one of those like... It was one of those races where I, I I don't know how I got up there if that makes sense. Like I um <laughs> sometimes you have races where you're you're fighting at the front or you've got pace and you're trying to make everything work, but at the end of the day you cross the line and you're like fifteenth or something. And this race I I started in twenty first and I just sort of like I was in fifteenth for ages and then I don't know things happened I lost track of everything and and then I was right kind of near the front at the end it was it was a pretty cool cool experience but yeah thank you for having me on and uh, that's yeah. no problems at all that's you looking at your overlay going yeah. <laughs> wondering how were, we were you looking at your overlay asking sorry were you looking at your overlay asking if iRacing was broken and why the because that's what we when i'm so far down the field it looks like i'm up the field i'm up the opposite i don't know how that works it was <laughs> i never been up the front of the field <laughs> yeah sometimes like I, I find what i do is i i zone out so i um and I zoned out, there was a couple of safety cars at the end of the race where I just sort mm. of, there, there was two that I, I, the middle period of those, I just completely, I don't know, I, I think I got distracted and I just kind of zoned out and I passed like six or seven cars in the space of like two laps. And it was just, I, I mean, it wasn't like full normal passing moves. There were people getting knocked wide, so I would jam the car down the inside and, and, and things like that. But I don't know. It was like I lost count of what was happening, and then, um, yeah, I just zoned out, and it was way way up the up the field. So I like it when it's when it's that way. Sometimes it feels like you're passing everybody, and you're not moving up the field. Sometimes, um, yeah. I know that feeling. Don't worry. <laughs> anyway, we've already, like I said, I warned you in in my little memo that we just go on tangents, and we've already in a tangent. We haven't even asked the first question on the run sheet, so I apologize. <laughs> Let's go okay. back. For our listeners, if they don't know you already, who is Emily Jones? Um, I am a sim racing sim race sim racer. I'm a sim racer, yep. and I <laughs> um, I race um, I race online. This is harder than I thought. I race online it... in multiple games, mostly iRacing, but also Gran Turismo, and I uh, I'm a Twitch streamer. And I compete for uh, McLaren F1's esports team, McLaren Shadow, as well. Which I can't wait to get on about because I'm fascinated by this. And that must, yeah, we'll get on to that later. I won't jump straight into that. Let's go into a few <laughs> other things first. When, when did you get into sim racing? Um, I've kind of, it's it's always been a thing that I've been, I've been doing. Like, it's, it's not a, um, not a new thing, I guess. Um, I've been, I've been kind of racing. I, I was karting since I was young and, you know, I, I raced a bit of cars as well in real life and I was sim racing the whole way through it. 
in just whatever I could find. I think the first sim racing game I, I had was NASCAR 2003. NASCAR racing. I didn't even know what NASCAR was, yeah. but I, I just, I got a copy of it for some reason and I was playing it on arrow keys and um, yep. yeah, I, I got into the iRacing beta. So I was one of the first few people in, in oh, iRacing. My, wow. my user account looks a bit different because it's not got as many digits <laughs> as everybody else's. Um, it wouldn't either. Yeah, but it was, I was in That's the beta nice. and, and I really enjoyed it. And then I, um, yeah, I, I kind of took a massive break for like many years. I, um, I did a bit of racing, but I wasn't very good and I wasn't taking it very, I guess, seriously. And then I kind of came back yeah. and, um. Yeah, I've taken it more seriously in the last last couple of years, I guess. V8 Scops has been kind of the thing that's brought me back into it. And um, that just led on to all these other opportunities and everything. Yeah, definitely. Well, what did your sim rig look like at the start? Um, so my, my I uh, basically, I, I saved up money for a G27 because I, I had a... Well, actually, I was competing in a league in NASCAR with a, a joystick um, and like the A and the Z keys is the throttle and the brake. And I was just kind of steering with a joystick. And um, I eventually moved to like a Momo racing steering wheel just on a desk. And um, that was like, and I had like a rubber steering wheel. So the rubber would all like come off in my hands. It was gross. <laughs> so I saved up for a G27 and my dad... Um, built this awesome wooden rig, which I actually still use today. It's about 10 years old. So um, ah. it's it, it looks pretty much the same as it used to, but I've got different gear that I use now as well. I it's, did hear on the stream in the interview how different your gear actually is now and how impressive it is, but we'll get onto that a little bit later, I think, too. So, Is there any uh, other games that you're looking forward to coming out in the future, maybe racing or non-racing related? Yeah, I... Um, I guess sim racing games I'm looking forward to. I I like the idea and, and kind of being in esports kind of more on the esports side of things, I guess, as a content creator than I guess just like a, a variety of streamer or something like that. Um I I like the idea of sim racing games lasting for a really long time. So I like the idea that iRacing is going to stay around for ages and it's just going to keep iterating. So I'm I'm more excited by the idea that what we have now will just continue to be kind of built on. Like that kind of excites mm. me a bit. Um, but saying that, I think F1 2021 is coming out very soon. So that could be a bit of fun. Um, I, I like a lot of different games as well. So uh, nothing springs to mind, but I'm sure there'll be stuff yeah yeah no problems have you cooked anything exciting lately because <laughs> i read that you like your cooking now i i do so i i it depends i find like cooking is it's it's that one thing that like i never want to do but as soon as i start doing it it's like my mm -hmm. favorite thing and it completely like i'll be too stressed and i'll be like oh my life's too stressful i don't have time to cook and then I will cook and it's like, it like de-stresses me, I guess. It's like, I don't know. It, it, I, I feel like it's a relaxing experience for me, but I, um, I guess most recently I, God, I cooked something cool on the weekend. I can't really remember what it was. I cook, I cook this weird kind of, um, this kind of like marinated pork and like rice and like, there's just kind of cool rice bowl things. A lot of the meals I'm making are kind of just for myself. I guess so I don't really experiment yep. that much and with my 
I work full time and then I, I stream, I guess. So I don't have a huge amount of time, but generally like once every month or so we try and do a big meal. Um, my partner and I, we, we kind of, we did this big cook up at the end of last year. I remember, um, with, this is a restaurant called Mavita. I'm way going on a t- tangent now, but they make like Spanish <laughs> food. It. And we did this massive cook up with like all these three different courses of like artichoke, like kind of like marinated stuff. And then these like lovely octopus balls that we made and just like lots of different things. <laughs> wow. And that was a lot of fun. But yeah. Oh, that sounds really good. If you ever get some photos and stuff, we've got a uh, show us your meat channel in our Discord. You can chop them in there. That's where all all the cooking stuff goes. So yeah, definitely show us what you do. Definitely, okay. I we're going to Bathurst this year, and I'm excited because I feel like uh, I have I have an entire jealous. weekend where I can just cook whatever I want. Like I'm just gonna get yeah. a fire or a barbecue or just both, and then just like meal plan the whole thing. I'm I'm really excited. So when you go to Bathurst, what do you, what's the accommodation like? Are you camping it or are you b and being it or are you going to the hotel or what, what's going on? We'll be camping. So um, we've got a camp nice. spot at McPhillamy, so the top of the top of the mountain. And it's the first time I've gone to Bathurst for like the supercars before. So yep. um, first time to the 1000 and... Um, wow. Yeah, I, I, I've kind of been holding off. Like, you know, I've been obsessed with it my whole life. Um, but I've held off for so long, I feel just because I, I didn't want to kind of waste the experience. I was like, if I'm going to do it, I want to be camping and and do everything. So the opportunity came up. So yeah. yeah. You're camping at McPhillamy your first ever Bathurst. I'm so jealous. That is going to be one hell of an experience. And um, I hope you I hope you do get some sleep while you're up there as well. Because uh, those those boys like to party up there. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it um, seems crazy. Yeah. So look, we. We know you're a sim racer, you talk about that, but you're also into all other games. What other games are you playing at the moment outside of sim racing? Oh, outside of sim racing, I... It's weird. Like, as a as a streamer, I guess, I, I'm streaming a bit of flight sims at the moment. So I'm streaming a bunch of flight oh, sims, nice. which I find really interesting and just something completely yeah. different. I've been learning to do VAT sim, which is like kind of the air traffic control simulation um, yep. on Flight Simulator. And it's completely different to... to driving a car and, and sim racing I, I mean the the flying bit like landing the plane and kind of taking off and, and doing that that kind of comes fairly naturally but everything else is completely different and keeping track of all the numbers and doing all these calculations and stuff it's it's wow. really interesting um otherwise i i'm playing motor gp on stream i've been playing no man's sky on stream um, oh really? How how's that these days? Did you play it at the start compared to now, or is I, it just something you got? I did. So I did play it at the start for like a weekend, and then I stopped. Um, but I've come back to it, and it's it's really good. I it's almost too it's too big though for me to like it. It's intimidating to get into. It's yes. also really scary. Like I forget how scary like aliens are and like space and stuff. Um, yeah, I'm playing Mass Effect actually as well. I'm playing the anniversary edition of Mass ah. Effect. A lot of the games I play, I, I just because I I find it hard to play games and and wind down if they're competitive. So I used to play Overwatch and stuff, but now these days I'm I'm just playing like single player things where I can turn my mind off. And, relax were you a mass effect fan beforehand or is this the first run through i i played through all three when they when they came out so um i i i bought this game and i was like i was trying to get my partner into it i was like hey you need to play this it's really really good 
And then I bought it and then they were like busy. So I just started playing them. And then I was like, oh, bad luck. I'm, I guess I'm playing them again now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's not a bad game to have to play. Now, did you ever finish uh, Persona 5 Royale? Uh, oh, no, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> it's close. I'm up to... It's close. It's very close. I'm, oh, I'm wow. in the DLC. So... Um, okay. I guess without spoiling, so over a hundred hours at that stage. Yeah, yeah. The game. Have yeah. you be- have you beaten it or? No, I purchased it and then it got. I got intimidated by it and I went, "No, that's my. That's it. That's enough <laughs> for me. Um, I don't have a hundred hours spare. One hundred thirty hours or whatever it is spare to, to play that. But I do appreciate um, how good it is from what I've heard from everyone. So one day I might get. Time, yeah, it's but... great. It's worth it. It's just I think. Yeah. I, I had to play it in. Well, it's about to be three goes, but I had to play it in two goes. Like, I think I played the first 60 hours, like, like crazy. And I got 60 hours in and I was just like, I can't do this. I need a break. So I think I took three or four months off. And then I came back, yep. did another 60 hours in like three weeks. <laughs> and then that's where I'm up to now. And it's been a couple of months, so I'm probably ready to get back into it again, I guess. Yeah, there you go. That's your next game after you finish No Man's Sky. Yeah, <laughs> finish No Man's Sky. Gotta imagine that. That'd be yep. cool. Yeah. Find the center of the galaxy, you'd be right. Now, let's get on to what we actually got you on here for, which is the motor racing stuff. Um, McLaren Shadow, okay, that's who you drive for at the moment. Um, What is that? Explain McLaren Shadow to us. Yeah, so McLaren Shadow um, is, I guess the easiest way to think of it is, yeah, so McLaren Formula One team, um, the eSports division of McLaren Formula One. Um, It's... uh, it's got a bunch of drivers in it, and I, I'm one of them, I guess. Uh, we're we're managed by Veloci Esports as well, which is another esports company. So, um, Veloci is kind of in charge of of the day to day running of the McLaren Shadow team, and we work very closely yep. with McLaren as well. So they're very involved. Um, but yeah, basically, it's a a sim racing team. We have um, an F1 esports squad that compete for McLaren. Um, and we have the world's fastest gamer, James Baldwin, there, which is really cool. Um, we also have a, an eNASCAR team that competes in iRacing Coca-Cola series. And um, we have a Trackmania player who's going for the World oh, wow. World Cup next week, which is really exciting. He's one of the top in the world. Um, yeah. and we, That's we such have a fun a... game to watch, by the way. <laughs> I've sat on so many streams watching Trackmania streamers, <laughs> and I'm like, why am I watching this? But it's so <laughs> fun to watch. Just something about the smoothness of someone who does a really good mm-hmm. run on one of those tracks. It's just very visually appealing. Yeah, definitely agree. I I love Trackmania. I was play. I've been playing Trackmania for a long time as well. I'm not very good at it, but I <laughs> I agree. It's like it's something completely different, and it's something zen zen like about watching it and the pros are so so good it's mm. um it's really cool to watch um but yeah I, uh, we're, we're we're a team we compete in lots of different stuff um we also have a handful of content creators i guess um the probably the the two uh actually at the moment is tiamat marduk who's a youtube f1 content creator and um myself so Oh, pretty cool. I did, honestly, I'd never heard of it until I saw you racing it, and um, so it's, it's a very interesting concept and really good stuff. How did it come about? How did you get into McLaren Shadow? I um oh so I I was approached by Veloci, I guess. Um, and this was only announced like a couple of months ago, so earlier this year. But it was yeah. it all happened last year, so it was all um 
I was kind of approached by Veloci and, and they were like, hey, we've got you in mind. I, I don't know how much I can actually say, but basically they're like, That's we good. have you in mind for this opportunity. And they were like yeah. holding off on that for me. And then they were like, actually, we want you for McLaren Shadow, which was very exciting for me. Um, and something I was like, actually, yes, I want that. And they're like, okay, cool. And then they kind of, yeah, got me on the team and, and um, yeah, they, they've been really cool. They painted a livery for me for Scots and they've been pretty supportive. So, yeah. And it looks hot as well. <laughs> it is <was laughs> good. The livery. Yeah. Uh, obviously, so that's, crazy. yeah, obviously that's super exciting racing for a, you know, real F1 team effectively uh, in the virtual world, I suppose. But what's the biggest surprise that you've got from that experience so far? Biggest surprise? Um I guess just it it's cool just I, I feel like every t- every time in, in content creation that I work with somebody that's I, I look up to or I think is really cool, basically someone that I idolize and like I get to work with him is, is a pretty crazy experience. Um I feel like doing squad sprint earlier this year was was really crazy fun because I was racing with all the the F1 esports drivers for all these different race teams and you know all these different drivers I was I was working with um James Baldwin and and kind of Ben Daly so Tim and my dog were we were in a team together and you know these are two people that I've watched on YouTube for a while you know I'm big fans and we're in a team for like a whole season working together and that was pretty crazy experience um yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is kind of kind of crazy to to remember that it's an F1 team. Sometimes I forget and it's like, oh, wait, this is a really big thing. And I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, apart from, you know, joining up with some other content creators, has the McLaren Shadow stuff opened up any other um, doors that maybe you weren't exper- expecting beforehand? Yeah, there's there's been some stuff. It's, there's, there's a lot, there's always like kind of, I guess, activations and sponsorship stuff happening all the time. Um, there's, there's opportunities. I, I was, I, how do I say? I was part of the International Women's Day kind of Veloci presentation earlier this year, which was really cool. I raced with Jamie Chadwick and we did a big thing. Um, otherwise I, it's, it's difficult because, because of COVID and I'm on the other side of the world to everyone. It's, it's difficult for me to get out there and, get stuck in in the in-person activation so i feel like i would be doing a lot more of that if i was over there um yeah. but there's, there's little things like i'm sure you know i will have chances to make some content with with lando and potentially even daniel in the future as well um yeah we'll have to wait and see Wait, Daniel's luck's gone what at the moment. You, you, might, Dan- I was gonna, you might take his spot at the moment. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's doing okay. I, I feel like he's he's settling in and he's had some terrible, like, I don't want to say luck, but like some terrible, like certain situations, like performing badly at the wrong time to perform yeah. badly. I feel like he'll be fine. Everyone's like, oh my God, it's terrible. And I'm like, <laughs> I think he'll be okay. Um, I got my hopes up so much uh, last weekend when you'd made up four spots in like a lap and then just lost them all again because of some yeah. kind of car issue. And I was just like, oh, no, I thought that was the turning point. <laughs> it's crazy. And uh, we were we were chatting about it actually after qualifying because he was three three quarters of a second off Lando. And mm-hmm. like Lando is great. Like I'm sure Lando might be like performing better at the moment. But Red Bull Ring is like 
It's like six corners. There's <laughs> mm. not a lot to yeah. Red Bull Ring. That should not be three quarters of a second. Something's gone on, whether he's messed up his lap or whether he's gone the wrong way on setup. It, it's yeah. just, it, it's something that's just like, something's not quite right. But Especially when he was topping he... the practice sessions as well. Like he was right up there in all the practice sessions as well. So yeah, it was very strange. It's... Exactly. I think there's been flashes of like speed. I feel like he was quite good at France. I feel like Im- no, not Imola. <laughs> he was not good at Imola. <laughs> the race after that, he's been fast at certain points. He has out-qualified Lando, I'm pretty sure, once a season. It's just it just needs yeah. to click for him. I'm confident it'll happen though. <laughs> so speaking of fast drivers, we were talking about Daniel Ricciardo. He's uh, still a fast driver. Uh, you talk about <laughs> trusting the process a lot and surrounding yourself with you know, faster drivers than, than maybe you are. Um, how's McLaren Shadow helped you with that and how important has that been to maybe your current form, like fifth in Scops? I think um, confidence. It's It's been really good for confidence, just kind of knowing that, um, knowing that I've got a, an F1 team kind of behind me. The, it's, it's a little bit of pressure and responsibility, but I feel like I'm, I don't want to say I'm thriving under it, but I feel like it's definitely helping me in the way that I approach everything is um I can't do badly like actually I need to do well um there's a reason that they've you know chosen me to kind of work with so I need to actually perform well and and I feel like that's kind of that's helped me I feel like the the confidence I've gotten from that has been really good and I feel like that's what's helped a lot um I don't do a huge amount of work with McLaren, unfortunately, in, in terms of their esports, I guess, my setup building and things like that. Um, we don't have an iRacing team. So when it comes to iRacing, I mean, we have the NASCAR team, but when it comes to road racing on iRacing, I'm pretty much on my own. So um, I kind of have to figure it all out. And that's where I use TTR. And I'm still very close with with TTR and kind of everything we do in the V8. Um I don't know. It's it's. I feel like practicing in sim racing is like, it's the more hours you put in, the more you get out. But it's so hard to to see that when you're in the middle of it. Yeah, definitely. So I've put ten minutes of race practice in for tonight's race. So I'm not going to go very well. I don't think. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> but it's only uh, it's only a NASCAR race around Charlotte. So I'm not oh. not too stressed. That's an oval. You'll be, you'll be fine. I'll turn left. <laughs> I'll just turn left. Yeah. yeah. Um. So look, I first came across Emily Jones with the Supercars E-Series, as we mentioned before. What was that experience like? Um, Supercars E-Series was, yeah, it was pretty crazy. So there's, there's two of the two E-Series that we've done now, and both of them have been pretty nuts experiences. i got to say the first one was was insane because we actually all went to Sydney. We, we, all, we all got flown in twice for a media day and, and, and also for the first round in Sydney in person in a LAN event. And that was nuts. I feel like all of us hadn't really done something like that before. So um, it was crazy kind of working with supercars. I remember the first time I got there for the media day. And I'm not sure if you remember from two years ago, but they have these graphics with the driver's name and like cool, like flashy graphics and the drivers will like take photos in front of it. Like this big kind of <laughs> yeah. warehouse. And they're taking these photos with us. And I'm like standing there taking photos. I look behind me and there's this massive, like my green color. And it's like Emily Jones, like in big letters. And I'm standing in front of it. And I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah. like, 
nuts. And I don't know, it was, it was a really good experience. I feel like that first E-series was really great. Everyone was really invested in sim racing in Australia. The top 12 drivers were there and all 12 drivers were, I feel like we were all in the same team. We were competing against each other, but it was very much like all of us just wanted the series to to go well. And we were lucky that that happened again for a second year and, and we got to come back again. What was that? First of all, you get a phone call to say, hey, do you want to be in this supercast thing we're doing? What was that like? How did that even happen? I, it was, it was a weird one because I, I remember for the first series, they were, people were getting tapped on the shoulder about it way before the series was happening. So it was like very early in the year before anyone even knew it was a thing. And people were getting like, there's discussions about an eSports series related to supercars and teams already started to talk to people. And I remember I I kind of thought I would, this sounds really stupid and, and kind of <laughs> confident, but I kind of thought I would get a call at some point. Um, and yeah, it was about a, a month or two before the actual event. And um, yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy getting called up and, and kind of being given a drive. And and the, the second year was even crazier because I got called up and they introduced themselves and they're like, oh yeah, we're head of marketing for BP. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. This is <laughs> like a lot for my lunch break to be taking a call from BP, but I'll do it. That <laughs> sounds cool. Um, yeah. Oh, that's nasty. So look, that first round you mentioned before, what was it like meeting everyone for the first... Was that the first time you met most people, I assume? And then getting to sit on the same rigs as everyone and being at the same level playing field as everyone. What was that sort of like? Yeah, it was... Um, Yeah, it's really nice to meet everybody. I feel like, you know, often sim racers don't ever see each other's faces ever. So I feel like that was a really great experience. And I feel like it helps to grow the rapport of everyone involved i feel like excuse me i'm sorry um every like an issue in sim racing sometimes is i feel like people don't treat the other drivers like humans sometimes <laughs> you know you can crash into people yep. and do all sorts of stuff or you can bully other people or, or do all sorts of stuff and it's kind of acceptable um but if you meet that person in real life and you see them it's i feel like it's hard to to bully somebody or to make fun of somebody if you if you see mm-hmm. them and, and kind of meeting these these people that we're about to be competitive with um we were still really competitive all season but having met them and being all in person um i don't know it was it was it was nice to meet everybody and and we had a really kind of interesting couple of days in sydney i remember we all went out for drinks we watched the monza qualifying where nobody wanted to lead out for drafting <laughs> or whatever um I don't know, it was cool and, and, and the in the in kind of studio round was all on very basic gear as well. So a different mm. kind of playing field for everybody. I think I performed quite well. I was in the top half of the field, which was not where I should have been at the time, but I feel like the <laughs> the, the Logitech gear really kind of suited me at the time. It seemed like, from my memories of that series, you kept on getting un- stuck in unlucky events, like someone would spin and you'd get hit and things like that. Was that how it felt to you or you you happy with overall? Yeah, it's, 
Definitely. I, I would say the last both series I've I've been caught in in a bunch of crashes. I wouldn't say I'm I'm more unlucky than anybody else. I feel like no. it's just the nature of the season the series, especially the last series. The second series was potentially some of the worst driving standards I've ever seen in anything. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> um I feel like everyone was just constantly in shunts and yeah. Yeah, it 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 became kind of crazy. Like if you make it through the first two or three laps in these races without crashing, generally you're on for a really good result, which is kind of crazy to think about. So just like officials then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um so who's the funniest driver out of the out of the lot? Uh, funniest driver. Um I guess like I don't know. There's a lot of really funny they're all really funny, really funny guys. And I feel like they, just the banter is very, very funny. I, I wouldn't say there's one that's like the funniest of them all. I think, I'm, I mean, being from TTR and, and I feel like the, the sense of humor at TTR is hilarious and, and kind of the jokes coming out of those drivers at, at E-Series were really, really funny. Um... <laughs> I don't know, there was some, some funny things. I remember Ethan Grigg Galt crashing into a wall at Zandvoort and, like, holding the mic button and just screaming into his mic. And that was very <laughs> funny. Um, I remember Josh Rogers having to ask for the paint pack to be sent via zip because he didn't know what dot .ra was. And all of us are sitting there on the voice call being like, how, how do you not know what WinRAR is? So there were some good moments. But, yeah, it was fun. Wow, Josh Rogers, that is impressive. Um, so what did E-Series do for your career? Um, it, it was really cool. It got me in front of supercars, I guess. So um, I the, the most obvious thing I can think of is I, I got to do the track previews for the All-Stars E-Series, which was the um, for the, the kind of real-life supercars drivers. I got to do all the track previews for them for Facebook and YouTube and all of that stuff. Um Yep. That was really cool, and, and it also kind of opened up some contacts, like standard, like, you know, relationship building. Like, now I know people in supercars, so I've yep. friends with people that I would have not been friends with otherwise. Like, I people like Chad Nalon as an example, you know, you, like, you run into him at a track, and you can have a chat with him and, and see how he's going and stuff like that, and all these kind of people would be completely out of reach to, to us, I feel like, if it wasn't for, for things like this. Yeah, wow. Um, what was your best moment of the whole experience for the two years? Um, best moment? I I have to say the best moment was... Um, I, I, I got a podium in the first series, but I, I don't know if that was my best moment because I, I had to defend the whole race. Like, I knew I had to do that. Um... I feel like the best moment was when it, the penny finally finally dropped that I could like compete against these guys. Like at, at the time when I first started, um, I wasn't like there were twelve drivers in the first series. I reckon I was like twelfth or eleventh best in the field, and the second series was like twenty two drivers. I reckon I was around twenty one, twenty two as well. Um, and both of those series, I I just I something clicked at some point and I was like, oh, hang on a second. I'm actually pretty good. And 
I remember the first round in the first series that clicked, and in the second series, it was Montreal, I think, the second round. I I was really nervous about qualifying, I'm like, this is going to go badly, and then I qualified like ninth or tenth from the field, which is like in the top half of the field. I'm like, oh wait, I'm actually like okay at this sim racing thing, I can do this, you need to calm down. Um, so those are always good feelings, I guess, when you realise you can compete. And um, I don't know, if, the, if there's an E-Series this year, I want to carry that confidence in knowing that I deserve to be there on my own merit. Definitely do. Uh, what was the, what, what do you think that has done for sim racing in Australia, this E-Series? Um, I think it's gotten, in front of, gotten it in front of a large audience, um, which has been great, I think. Um, I also think it's been really good at creating a... A sort of a pro league for esports racing in Australia. Sometimes I feel like we're missing a true, a true like pro esports kind of league for for racing in Australia. We have like V8 Scops is is the most competitive series out of any sim in the country. Um, but you also have other series as well in other games. You have Gran Turismo, which is big. You have series in I know. Um, in ACC, um, you've got a bunch of series there that are pretty big, but there's no like kind of pro esport level series, and I, I feel like that was what was really good about um, Supercars E series. It, it kind of created that um, higher level competitive edge, I guess. I don't know. It was cool. You um, mentioned Gran Turismo there. When did you go down the Gran Turismo rabbit hole? Um, I went down the Gran Turismo rabbit hole. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I'm a friend, my friend, um, Jimmy, who's like a YouTuber, Jimmy Broadbent is his name. He's like a, um, a Might commentator have heard of him. for the, you've heard of him? Okay, good. <laughs> um, he, he's, um, he's a commentator for the world, world, world championships of Gran Turismo, the world tour. And, um, I, they were looking for um, for kind of different media and people to go to the World Tour events in Gran Turismo, and he was kind of putting my name forward, and, and he was like, you should come to this, and I was like, okay, and then eventually they were like, yeah, sounds good, and then they flew me to Tokyo um, wow. for the, the World Tour <laughs> event in 2019 in Tokyo, and um, it was... It was awesome. I was so impressed. I'd not really raced Gran Turismo up until this point, but I I had a full tour of Polyphony Digital. I, you know, had an interview with Kazunori Yamauchi and like all this stuff. I'm like, this is amazing. And um, the racing was what got me though. Like that stuff's cool. But then we went to, we were at the Tokyo Motor Show and it was like a full live event and Supercars E-Series was great, but this was another level. This was like the first time I'd seen a full live esports event for racing and it looked awesome and it worked awesomely. And I was like, this is cool. Very cool. I want to do this. <laughs> so <laughs> I competed in the pro-am event as an amateur driver. So I was like paired with a pro driver, um, which I found extremely um, kind of, I don't know what the word for it is, but it made me like unhappy. I was like, this is unfair. I'm going to come back, prove I'm not an AM driver. So um, I, the start of the next year, I, I started learning Gran Turismo and I basically boot camped it over the summer. I went to World Tour Sydney as well. And then um, I pretty much just no-lifed Gran Turismo for all of 2020 during lockdown. <laughs> it's like all I did. I didn't play iRacing. I just did Gran Turismo. 
And eventually I got to the point that I was, you know, in top split in Australia. And then I started kind of winning top, top split races and then starting, you know, beating people like Cody and, and other drivers at superstars races as well. So it kind of got up to there. And, and then eventually I went to the regional finals and then on to the world finals as well. So um, it was kind of a zero to hero kind of in a year, which was really cool. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So moments like that, you realize iRacing is still, you know, actually quite small in comparison to some other games and things out there. Uh, you know, obviously having the backing of a game like Gran Turismo has been around for so long makes a pretty big difference. Yeah, the money is in insane. Like I, we don't get we don't get paid to compete. There's no prize money in kind of world tour events, but we we all get flown out. And we all get put in really nice accommodation and all this stuff. And for the World Tour last year, we all got shipped all this gear. And it's fancy gear. We all have, like, full DSLR cameras and, like, crazy backdrops and all these, like, mixing boards and everything. And um, I don't know. It, it, you can see the money. You can see the money that Sony has to produce their eSport events versus things like um, iRacing. I mean, iRacing's a much smaller company. And I feel like they're doing fantastically. And all the way down to your kind of community broadcasters, which are not even connected, like not even run by the the gaming company. People like SimSpeed, I feel like when you compare what Sony's doing compared to SimSpeed, there's a huge difference. But also the amount of money is way, way bigger than that. Yeah. Like the fact that they're creating that for so little money is, is really cool. Speaking of Jimmy Broadbent, I was just about to watch his, I think he put up the, is it today, £7 versus 7000 uh, sim setup video. I didn't yeah. quite get time to watch it yet, so i got to jump on and watch that next. That's the first thing I'm doing after I hop off of here. <laughs> um, I guess you sort of mentioned this, but is the, is the competitive side to it what really drew you to racing seriously in Gran Turismo? Um. I think there are a couple of things that drew me to Gran Turismo and I feel like it's a, a combination of all of them. It's the fact that um, the way that it's presented, like I, I uh, actually, I love travel. I think that's the first thing to say. And this is before COVID when I started saying <laughs> I was going to do Gran Turismo. I wanted to go to the world tour and, and if I, if COVID didn't happen last year and I'd qualified, which I did, I would have, gone to all these events we would have been at Nürburgring for the 24 hours for the world tour there and there were going to be world tour events at other places in the world I probably would have gone to six or six or so countries last year for the world tour and that sounded amazing wow. to me I was like I want to do that I want to travel I want to see the world um but also I love the way that they present their content I love the way that you drive for your country I just the idea of racing for Australia under the under the flag is is kind of awesome to me um I'm a bit of like an Olympics nerd and things like that so the idea of like competing under green and gold would be awesome so keen for that in a few weeks time yeah definitely but yeah I I think it's Tokyo (laughs) I would be cool it was a combination of things I guess though and Gran Turismo is really competitive as well so um it's it turned out to be a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. Is there a major difference between the two sims at the elite level, Gran Turismo and iRacing? Um, there, yeah, there, there are a couple of big differences. Um, yeah, they're, they're pretty different in terms of how the racing works. I, I would say probably 
there's two main kind of categories of differences. You have the differences in how the the cars actually handle and how you drive them and also how the racing kind of works. And I guess to say the cars, they, they handle very differently. They're a lot more planted than in iRacing and in other racing sims. Um, they don't move around as much, um, but it it means that to get really fast at Gran Turismo, you need to push harder. Like you need to be so much more precise with your inputs because it's it's easy to do a good lap in Gran Turismo, but it's insane to do a difficult lap, <laughs> like a fast lap, if that makes yeah. sense. Those last um, few tenths or that last, you know, little bit. Yeah, exactly. It's it's so hard to get that last little bit. So things like that. Um, I'd say that the other obvious difference is um, you brake at 100% every braking zone. So every time you hit the brakes, go straight to 100% and then trail brake. Whilst in iRacing, you will not be doing that. Um, <laughs> but also, I, I think the actual racing itself, that's the thing that I kind of got annoyed about. Some of my iRacing friends, I don't think, fully understood the strategy that goes on in Gran Turismo. Because Gran Turismo is, is is a way more strategic racing game than iRacing. It, I reckon it's the most strategic sim racing game out there at the moment. And it's it's sort of the way that the game works as multipliers. So, you know, you might have eight times tire wear. So the tires only last like four laps. <laughs> And the pit deltas last year were really short. So in iRacing, going down the pit lane could take 28 seconds, 30 seconds. But in Gran Turismo, it takes seven seconds. <laughs> so it's like, wow. yeah, in a couple of laps, if, if a tire's a second faster, you can swap tires and make up a, a pit difference in like five or six laps. So you're thinking, do I want a one stop? Do I want a two stop? Like, You've got to make all these decisions and you get to the finals and the finals are like 40 minute races. And you're, I think we did like four pit stops in the final and it was like, it, it's completely different to iRacing, which was really, really cool. What was it like competing at the FIGTC Nations Regional Finals? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's it. Um, I, it was, it was really cool. Um, everything's run by the FIA so it's very very well kind of it's very well run and you have all the rules a long time before the event you have many briefing sessions you have test events you have there's so many things that you go through um so it's it's very kind of well run versus iRacing where it feels kind of last minute sometimes <laughs> um but saying that it's the actual, the night, the race nights are really, really intense. Like the regional finals, it was group B at Red Bull Ring and it's a shootout qualifying session. So you're trying to qualify for the world final and you have to get a good lap and you only get one shot at it. <laughs> That's it. Like you've been, you've been practicing this car at this track for weeks leading up to it. Red Bull Ring, not a huge amount of difficulty to that track and then you get there and you hit the line and you're like I have one chance to do this lap and I don't know I found that really intense and and kind of stressful but uh, it was it was a lot of fun really interesting I managed to crack under that pressure just in our Aussie car race last week so <laughs> I hear you <laughs> yeah not just last week um let's get on to the twitch side of things uh what got you into streaming 
Um, I was I was pretty bored at the time. This was a couple of years ago. I I just had nothing else going on in my life. I think I was I was working at the time, or I just finished. I think I just finished university, and I was very bored. And um, I was playing iRacing, and iRacing streaming was sort of growing. Like there are a couple of people doing it, but really, like. Matt Malone was doing it. <laughs> like nobody else was doing it. There were a couple of people, but yeah. the numbers were so low that I was like, "Yeah, I could do this. <laughs> this sounds fun." Like, <laughs> and I started doing it just as like an excuse to. I I wasn't. I'm not a very confident person. I'm I'm still a, very much an introvert. So I I was like, "This is an excuse for me to practice talking to people and being a social human and." I love racing and I've experienced racing so I can give people advice on how to drive and all this stuff. And I was pretty bad when I first started, but, um, I don't know. I improved when I first started. I didn't even have like, I, I didn't have a microphone for like the first like month. So I'm like typing in chat and like waving at everybody, my webcam. And then it was, it was terrible. Like it took me ages to figure out what I was doing, but, um, I don't know. It was just something interesting to me. So what's the best part of Twitch for you at the moment? Um, I love, I, I love like Twitch. My favorite kind of Twitch kind of mood or, or style is, I guess the more relaxed streams. Like I think people love my competitive racing streams, but I just love, I love the fact that you can do something very uninteresting with your life and people will find it interesting <laughs> this sounds really weird but it's like i can just be hanging out i know what you mean 100 percent. yeah and yeah. i like i'll just 100 know what you tell mean. a story or just like be like oh yeah i'm doing this and people are interested people want to talk to me about it I, i'm getting all these viewers watching me and it's like addicting and it's fun i really really enjoy it i want to do it more i wish i had more time to do more of it because i feel like <laughs> Even this year, I've I've started variety streaming a bunch this year, and I was expecting it to go terribly, but it's actually gone quite well. And I'm at this point where I'm like, why am I not streaming more? I don't know. It's really fun. Exactly. Yeah. Look, one of my most successful streams was when I decided to buy a second PC for streaming, and I decided, oh, why not just buy it? I'll do a stream while I'm buying the, the, the product from the website. <laughs> and I had like 10 or 15 people in there going, oh, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Try this, try that. And it was one of the most interactive and, and best streams I've done. So I recommend no matter what you're deciding to do, if you're near a computer, stream it because someone will be interested in it. So what is your stream setup look like at the moment? Um, so at the moment, and it, it's gone through a fair few iterations, I guess... My setup at the moment, so it's a full 80-20 rig. So it's a Track Racer TR-80. And um, I've got some modifications on it. So we've got a, I've got an off-screen on my right, which we kind of manufactured a little bit. Um, and, and yeah, I guess it's an 80-20 rig. Um, but I've got a webcam. It's just a Logitech webcam that um, I... I got, I had a webcam and then my work sent me a webcam because of COVID. And I was like, this webcam's better than my own webcam. So, like, <laughs> so I'm using a work webcam, which is great. Um, yeah. And I've got a ring light that I bought off Amazon, which is cool. I've got this boom mic. Yeah. I've got this Audio Technica mic with a pop filter that I just installed that I don't even know if, it, if it's working at all. Um, 
I don't know. It's very basic. I, it's a very basic kind of setup, but also I, I feel I'm quite particular about how I look on the stream. So I, I kind of, I don't really like the way that I come across in my current layout. So I'm, I'm thinking of other ways that I want to do it. I think I want to move my camera up a bit higher and a little bit more front on. So it's less, I don't know. I'm getting super meta at the moment, but <laughs> basically it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a good. comedy setup. That's all you want. Yeah. How often does it not work? <laughs> uh, literally every day, all day. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure like most streams. So it's like, I guarantee the day that you've had a terrible day and you come home and you're just like, all they want to do is do official GT3 at Hockenheim Ring and then you like turn your computer on and something breaks. And that's like, yep. yeah, <laughs> it's frustrating. There's a, a lot of little things. I, I feel like any streamer knows this, but as you kind of get more and more gear or, or more and more software, there's more steps you have to go through to start every stream. Like I'm have got to have multiple programs running for, for different things. And if I don't open a specific program or plug something in or, or I forget to do something, things break. For example, I did sculpts on the weekend and I forgot to open a specific program, which means it muted my entire VOD, <laughs> like the whole thing. So it's unusable content for me now. I can't put it on YouTube or anything. So I don't know. It breaks all the time. It's very frustrating. My mm. wheel's been disconnecting for the last, like, couple of weeks, so I had to order a quick release oh, from, no. like, cube controls to kind of fix it, and I don't know. It's constantly doing stuff. I know that pain. I know that pain. What? Uh, is there a track or a car or, like, a feature or something you'd like to see come to Gran Turismo 7 or iRacing in its next iterations at some stage? Oh, um... I'd love to see a super GT car. I think that would be really cool. Like a GT 500 kind of from, from Japan, like a super GT race car. Um, otherwise I, I don't know. There's a couple of, couple of things I would like. Gran Turismo 7, I feel like has a really good mix of race cars. The one thing I want them to do is open up to more manufacturers. So there's 25 manufacturers and that do, um, the manufacturer series and, and they have group three and group four. I feel like there can be more. I feel like there can be like 35, 40, 40 manufacturers. So I reckon they should make that larger. And for iRacing, I don't know, like maybe a little bit left of center, but something like a Formula E car maybe could be interesting. Mm. The hypercar, a modern day Formula One car that isn't insane would be cool. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> And you sort of mentioned a little bit about uh, the rig. Um, what sort of so using a cube controls wheel? What what um what gear have we got at the moment? Yeah, so I've got the the eighty twenty. I've got a Direct Force Pro, so a VRS Direct Force Pro that they were very lovely to give to me. This is Josh, Josh Rogers' ex wheel. He won a world championship on this, so it has to be oh, good. Wow. Um, <laughs> Which means D no excuses. Exactly. <laughs> when I lose races, I'm like, oh, well, it's not the wheel's fault, is it? <laughs> it's definitely the steering wheel attendant. Um, I've got a uh, an Asha. I've got a, a Sparko P310 and an Asha base plate on it, and a Cube Controls quick release. And um, I've got Hoisinkvel Ultimates, which were kindly lended by uh, Will from Boosted Media, who's a another YouTuber. Um, so yeah, that's my current setup. Heard of you before, yeah. Yeah, um, but they're really good pedals, and he's he's done a few. Things. He's awesome. So, um, 
what does the future hold for Emily Jones? Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. I, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to see. I, I'm at this weird point where I'm like, I want to make more content, but also, like, it's unsustainable what I'm doing at the moment. Like, I'm killing myself, like, working full-time and then trying to cook dinner and then streaming it's like i have no time ever and it's slowly killing me inside <laughs> and i feel like i'm a terrible friend to so many people and um i don't know it's frustrating because i feel like sometimes i can't create the content that i want to make because i've i've got no time in my day so um yeah i don't know we'll have to see i where i'd like to go i'd like to move into full-time content creation at some point i think it, it it's definitely going in that direction it's probably something i should be looking at already or doing already um but also i'm like i can work a day job as well i think that's possible so um i don't know we'll have to see what, what happens in the future but i don't know yeah i echo all those words that you just said um i literally fell asleep editing a podcast today in, in this chair that i'm sitting oh, no. in right now um yeah <laughs> i need to get more sleep uh so the the question that came out of our discord this afternoon i think it's a good one socks shoes or bare feet Ooh, socks. Definitely socks. All the way. I am... Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the answer he wanted. He wanted all the professionals to say shoes, so he could then purchase shoes, convince his wife he could buy <laughs> shoes. So, um, racing shoes. But no. I mean... Sorry. Sorry, I <laughs> End of the day, I feel like do it. Do what you want. Like, it doesn't really make a huge... If you've got good pedals, if they're hard enough, like, it doesn't really make a difference. It's just whatever's, like, most you're most used to and I, I guess I'm most used to I would do bare feet but the pet these pedals hurt my feet and it's too cold so I want to wear socks <laughs> that's fair 100% fair uh who should we get on the podcast next oh um who's who's good I would say I guess just more kind of sim racing people in Australia I feel like there's so many kind of old school people around um i guess he's been on a lot of podcasts he's done a lot of talking himself in in the past but someone like madison down would be really cool to interview so he's been around for so long and he's won so many championships and you know he's very high up at vrs in terms of coaching and things like that so someone like madison i think would be really really interesting he is in our Discord, and if he does listen, I definitely do want him on there. He sort of said he wasn't interesting enough to be on the podcast, and I disagree with him 100%. Yeah. So we're calling you out, Madison Down. Get on the podcast, ASAP. Um, the person you mentioned before is someone I was hoping you'd say, which is Will Ford. Um, yes. 100%. You should get Will Ford on there. He's, he's, he's such a nice dude. I've got this lovely letter behind me that he wrote me when he kind of gave me the pedals right there. He's just so, such a lovely guy. Yeah. I cannot rate Will high enough. He should be on the podcast. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Will, we need you on the podcast. Not that you're listening to <laughs> the podcast anyway. Um, so look, thank you so much for your time, Emily. I'm preparing for a race in a little bit, so I've got to get off anyway, but we've had you for an hour, which is how much I, I really don't want to, you've already mentioned how much time you don't oh, have. Okay. So thank you for an hour of your time. Who do you want to, plug and also who do you want to what legends do you want to shout out from your stream or, or who'll help you out and and where can people find you yeah so i guess um you can find me for starters on twitch so twitch.tv forward slash emery 
and E-M-R-E-E, I guess. You, you're probably watching this podcast. You can see my name spelled out below this, probably. Um, uh, also on YouTube as well, I post on there as well. So YouTube is a good way, good place to look. Um, thanks to McLaren Shadow um, for the for working with me and thanks to logitech i guess for that as well um thanks to bose for these lovely headphones that i'm using at the moment um vrs cool thank you for the gear and all their amazing coaching (laughs) equipment and um yeah thanks to will again um thanks to to everyone in my chat that just keeps turning up and um saying stuff i have a, a very awesome group of subs that have been around for so long for like years even when I take breaks, even when I'm terrible and they, they keep turning up and I, I owe them so much and they like, I love them so much. I hope they're good. My, my loyal subs, but also people who, who don't subscribe if they just watch, even if they're lurking, I hope you're enjoying the stream and and thank you for watching. No problems at all. Thank you. Definitely. All those people, I echo that as well for my streams. <laughs> people who, who just hang around to watch for no reason. Um, thank you very yeah. much. Uh, look, I'll quickly want to shout out, we've got a new sponsor for the podcast, which is Clayton Davies' uh, CD Symptography. If you can go check him out as well. He's supporting us, so go check out him if you're listening to this. He's a legend, uh, massive dirt talent, and also takes photos of dirt stuff. Go check him out on Facebook. The link is in the podcast. Uh, description below or the YouTube video below whichever way you're watching it uh, Brayden quickly where can people find you mate uh, <clears throat> oh excuse me well if for some reason you're not over watching asleep, uh, sorry. Emily <laughs> uh, <laughs> you might want to come over and have a look at my stream at twitch.tv slash the one Wade. and as always probably whinging about something on Twitter you can uh, interact with me on there at Brayden Talks excellent you can find myself at Twitter sometimes rarely very rarely Wilco's Chill Zone uh, you can also find all our content lockedonlads.com. Uh, yeah, that's where it is. Uh, it's Locked On Lads YT on YouTube, Locked On Lads on Facebook, which is the main place where we're pretty active at the moment. Uh, but get in our Discord, lockedonlads.com slash Discord. It is really crazy. And I apologize, Emily, for chucking you in. You probably got about 45 <laughs> notifications was sweet. just today. It was lovely. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, definitely jump in there. There's some really good stuff happening in there at the moment. Um, and look, that's the main stuff. Locked on lads on Twitch, which is where I'm about to jump onto and do turning left race. And, uh, and then we've got Aussie cars tomorrow night. So hopefully check, check that one out as well. But thank you again, Emily, for your time. And hopefully we'll have you on again sometime in the future for some other content. Have a great night and good luck on the week. Uh, uh no, Scops is a couple of weeks away. Yeah. Good luck in your next race anyway. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks for having me.